0: This is Basketball More Than A Game with your hosts, Coach Goins and Coach Quick. Former high school coach and player have teamed up again to share their knowledge of the game and life skills on and off the court. Now here are coaches G and Q. All right. Hey, this is coach Goins, and welcome to another week of basketball. More in the game. Like we always say, make sure you got your sneakers on. You got them laced up tight. And today you may want to even put on some knee braces. This is week four. As we move into the coaches, uh, as we continue with coaches month, we've laughed and we have cried. Our goal is simple is to create a platform for our listeners uh, to learn from elite college coaches past and present at a click of a button. Now let me kick it down to the great state of North Carolina to the hottest co-host this side of a basketball court. Coach Q, what's popping?
1: Hey, what's going on, Coach G? You want to know what's popping with Coach Q? I am so excited about today's show with our very special guest. There's a dynamic book out called Rebound from Pain to Passion. If you hadn't read it yet, go get it because it is a treat and it is a delight to read. Also, our special guest is, is a part of a family that I hold very dear to my heart. Tar Heel family. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Coach Goins is coming right back and introduce you to our special guest after this short break.
0: Visit our website, coachgoins.podbean.com. Always learn to pass. Process, attitude, sacrifice, satisfaction. Now here at Coaches G and Q. This is Coach Goins again. We are back and we are so, so excited to have on today a son, a husband, a father, and the author, A Rebound from Pain to Passion. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome to the show Coach Matt Doherty. Coach D, welcome to Basketball More in the Game.
2: Well, Coach G and Coach Q, thank you for having me
0: on the show. Oh, listen, it is is definitely an honor and privilege. And I know Coach Quick is, I know he's having an out of body. Uh, being being <laughs> su- being such a Tar Heel guy. So with that, we're not going to prolong it uh, because we are we are in the starting blocks and we're ready to go. So Coach Q, I'm going to kick it over to you.
1: Hey, Coach D, we're going to start you out with our pick and pop session. As a young kid from East Metal, New York, can you describe what it was like for you being recruited by some of the top universities in America? I believe your final four was UNC, Virginia, Notre Dame, and Duke. Well, I tell you, I'm getting
2: goosebumps as you're talking because, you know, as a kid, boy, since fourth grade, when I started playing CYO basketball, um, you know, I I just dreamed about playing basketball. And and I had the Knicks and the Nets uh, as role models. I had St. John's uh, there. Um, And then in 76, I remember watching the Final Four, 75 actually, with Kentucky and UCLA. Um, Kevin Grevey played for Kentucky, uh, John Wooden's last championship. And that's, you know, I caught that buck and I just dreamed about it and, you know, just had to have the ball in my hand, was reading books. And all of a sudden I started getting recruited early in my high school career. I played at Holy Trinity for Bob McKillop, who's now the head coach at Davidson. And we had good teams. So we had good players and players had been recruited by high level schools Already, so once I got into the onto the varsity, uh, I was getting some letters and the you know, recruiting intensified, and you know, just uh, it was a thrill to see these coaches
1: at my games and you know, getting the mail from them. Yes, sir, it has a big time, you know, and and I wanted to know what what it was like for you when you played, so I went back. To the night, I, I didn't realize you played in the national championship game in 1981 as well as 82. So I get back to look at that tape, and man, you, you were such a smart basketball player. Um, you played behind the great Al Wood as a freshman, but That's then true. as your sophomore year, you became a starter, and That's you true. were a big part of those teams. And I just appreciated watching you play. Yes, sir. Kicking yeah. it back over to you, Coach G.
0: And listen, folks. yeah. Listen, folks, we have on Coach Matt Doherty, again, the author of Rebound, From Pain to Passion. You can purchase this book on Coach Doherty's website, www.rebound-book.com, and also um, via PayPal and Venmo. So, Coach D, as, as you got into that, and, and Coach Quick kind of took you back a little bit, playing for the Tar Heels, I mean, again, playing for Dean Smith, running out of that tunnel, and, you know, playing in Carmichael. Uh, what a what a great venue! Can if you don't mind, talk about that 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 team. When I say that team, the eighty one team. When you guys when you had Al Wood, and I think Al Wood beat a good friend of mine, Mister Ralph Sampson, and he dropped thirty nine, uh, yep. and they was. <laughs> And there was David, no David, go ahead, sir.
2: 39 without a three point line or a <laughs> shot clock. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's
0: exactly what coach Quick and I was talking about last night when we were kind of going, reviewing some notes. I was like, you know what? Al Wood from gray, Georgia dropped 39 without, without a shot. So in that Coach, what was that like making that transition from being, okay, I got to come off the bench to being on, to being the leader as you guys moved on to win the championship uh, in 82. Well, um,
2: I just love playing college basketball at a place like North Carolina. Um, you know, the intensity, the attention, uh, knowing that every game you went into, uh, you had a target on your back and, you know, if you played well, you had a chance to win every year, knowing you were in the hunt for a national championship. Uh, and then the passion of North Carolina basketball and the class of coach Smith, um, my freshman year, I, I was six man, and you know, it wasn't unlike high school. You know, in high school, I was a six man as a freshman, played with some really good players, and and we won, you know, our league championship. Um, and and I had great coaches, and always played with older guys in the summers and pickup games at the park. So you know, the blessing was that I was well, you know, I was exposed to good coaches. And, and fundamentals and and that's one of the reasons i went to north carolina because i knew coach smith would appreciate the things i could do and i wouldn't be penalized for the things so much that i couldn't do like i knew who i was and i think that's so important you know you say i was a smart player well it's a nice way to say i was a terrible athlete you know <laughs> I, 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 I had three dunks in my college career at six eight you know, that that tells you something. Um, I couldn't run, I couldn't jump, but I played a lot. And I played a lot because Coach Smith appreciated um, my skill and, and, as he would call it, savvy. Wow.
0: So, you know, yes. that, that, that's a great call-out, Coach. And I hope uh, for the listening audience, the, the younger guys can understand that, uh, knowing the game between the lines and also knowing the game above your shoulders uh, it does mm-hmm. play, uh, does play dividends. Coach, quick, what you got?
1: Yes, sir. Coach D. What was it like for you working up under Coach McKillop and Roy Williams? I think they both gave you your first couple of opportunities as as an assistant coach. That's and, right. my, my first job yes, uh, was with uh, uh, Bob McKillop
2: at Davidson. And uh, and then I was there three years and, and left for Kansas and was there seven. Um you know i worked on wall street after college it was very tough to go from playing basketball at one of the nation's greatest programs being a being a starter and and then to all of a sudden having to be in the working world and um i didn't like it i quit my job moved to charlotte and and i really didn't want to coach but then a, a guy I was working for uh, was an A ran an AU program, and I started coaching his team. And Jeff McGinnis was on that team, who played at North Carolina. And I just fell in love with coaching. It was like, "Wow, like I, I could do this for a living." And and uh, and, and you know, because I, I I did everything for free. You know, I I planned practice. I picked kids up. I took them to those games, and you know, planned the practice. Did some scouting. And uh, then Bob McKillop got the job at Davidson and hired me, and uh, I, I really felt like I never worked a day in my life. I remember being an assistant at Kansas, and a friend of mine. We were at his house, and um, the the uh, lotto was up to like I don't know hundred million, something like that. <laughs> and everyone was going around like, if you, you know, what would you do if you if you won the lotto? Yes, always saying, you know, hey, I'd retire, I quit my job. And it got to me, and I say, I keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, right. yeah, and, and you know, what? not many people can say that. So, you know, I really had a passion for it, and being under Roy Williams and Bob McKillop at places like Davidson and Kansas were really uh, a blessing. Outstanding. Yes,
0: sir. Outstanding. All right, Co- Coach, uh, Coach Q, I certainly appreciate uh, those questions as we navigate out of. To pick and pop and, and get into the fast break session. Coach D you opened up yes. the book and here's the thing that was just, I knew it was going to be what I, when I refer, I use the phrase off the charts. When I read this, it says, John 16:33. in the world yeah. you have tribulations, but take heart. I've overcome the world as we navigate and move into, um, start really trying to home in on, on some of the, the ins and outs of the book. I've got, I, I wrote down, uh, what I write, what I call the fab five. And these are, right. these are five names that, that I pulled from the book. And I want to play the name game with you. If you don't mind, I'm going to, sure. I'm going to call these five, these five people that I've written down. And, and I would like for you to share with the audience, what comes to mind when you hear the name. So first, first one on the list, Bobby Ellington.
2: Oh gosh. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. What comes to mind? Uh, Van Halen.
0: <laughs> Van Halen. Excellent. Okay.
2: Bob, Bobby was my college roommate yes, my sir. senior year, and we both loved Van Halen. He was a musician. And uh, so Van Halen uh, Junk was our song. Ironically, wow. it became the NCAA song.
0: Wow. Time. Yeah. Very timely. Next person, Coach Terry Holland.
2: Class, I mean, he was a guy who, um, you know, I, I, I shunned. You know, he recruited me. I, I turned away from Virginia chose to play at North Carolina. And one of the first people to call me after I lost my job was Terry Holland. Yes, sir. And, and uh, well, I, I put it this way. when I got to know him after I lost my job even better um, out at the beach. At a, at a figure eight um he had a place there and we were visiting and the place was right next door and we got to really bond and have some meals together with our families and uh, i was doing some tv and in 05 carolina won the championship and the first person to call me when they won was terry holland wow and he said you know i know this is difficult watching you know, your team cutting down the nets, but you should be proud of these guys and proud of the fact that you put that team together. Um, he, he really was such a classy man and, and his wife, they were very good to me.
0: Excellent. All right. Thank yes. you for sharing. Next person, Kelly Doherty.
2: Oh, rock. I mean, it's talk about toughness. She's Concord, tough Concord, North Carolina. And, um, <laughs> she's fierce now when you, when you, when you screw with her and her family, um, good luck. Um, you know, I thought I was competitive and she didn't claim to be competitive, but like you mess with her family and she's, she's, she'll fight you. Um, so, you know, the tough thing when you lose a job as a, as a guy, as a, as a man looking for the next job, you're, you're immediately transitioned. Yes, sir. And the mother, mama bear protects the family, and anybody that's going to hurt the family, she's going to attack. Yes, sir. (laughs) So So when you lose a job at North Carolina, you know, she doesn't have, she has a lot of ill will towards North Carolina. When you lose a job at SMU, she has ill will in just human nature. Mm -hmm. And uh, But she's been so tough because, you know, you're a nomad. You go from one job to the next and packs up and, all right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to the next stop. So, uh, loyal loyalty.
0: Yes, sir. Mr. John Black.
2: Oh man. Friend. I mean, wisdom, um, truth teller coach. Um, we all need a John Black, uh, foxhole buddy. You know, when, 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 when stuff goes south, he was the first worst person to come to my house. He was, uh, he was on a business trip in Nashville. He lived in Charlotte at the time, he still does, but my wife, I think called him and he got on a plane and contacted another buddy, Steve Luquire. And next thing I know, they're showing up at my house and we're game planning on, on how to handle everything. Wow. Uh, yeah. Loyal friend.
0: Okay. Last one is coach bob Mckello
2: yeah uh you know i mean I, I, I can't use overuse the word friend brother like big brother he's a big brother to me um uh, yes. yeah he's a big brother to me excellent. um yeah love him love him like a big
0: brother excellent folks we have on none other than coach matt doherty the author of the book rebound you can purchase the rebound at www.rebound-book.com we'll be back after this short break
2: losing my job at the university of north carolina was the most emotional scarring thing that's ever happened in my life
1: welcome back to the show ladies and gentlemen we're headed into our fast break session now coach d could you describe the feeling that you had being named the head basketball coach at Notre Dame university and then at North Carolina? Yeah, it was just,
2: you know, I mean, Notre Dame, I mean, Irish Catholic kid from New York, you know, I'm, I'm announced the head coach at Notre Dame. I mean, that was where I watched. I was a big Notre Dame fan, Kelly Tupuka, Adrian Dantley, Wow. Uh, you know, loved those teams. And uh, part of the reason I wore 44 in college was because you know, Kelly Shepuke and Adrian Dantley were 44 at Notre Dame. And, and, and so um, I thought I'd be there for a long time. I mean, like, really, where else? You know, there's only, there were two outs. I want to say, I think there were two outs in my contract. And one out was Kansas, one the other was North Carolina. Because mm-hmm. I worked at Kansas and I coached, played at North Carolina. And, you know, you're like, well, that never happened. And all of a sudden, a year later, you know, Coach Guthridge decides to retire, and Coach Williams turns it down, and Coach Smith is recruiting me to take the job. And I remember standing, you know, you know, in front of everybody, packed house. You know, it, it was a weird sensation and uh, to be in front of all those people um, with my staff, being named the head coach of the University of North Carolina. It's just, I never thought it would happen, but, you know, it was kind of a dream come true. But it was also weird, you know, because it happened so fast. And, um, you know, there's so many political things that I wasn't prepared to handle, especially on such short notice. And, and you know, you kind of sensed it with each passing day that um, maybe this will not be as smooth as, as we had hoped. And it all, it all starts with, you know, bringing my staff with me. Um, you know, that wasn't, did not meet approval of a lot of people. And, um, but I asked for approval and I got it uh, from the athletic director, but there are a lot of people that didn't, didn't approve of that. Wow. So Yeah. That-
0: so we certainly appreciate uh, your transparency, Coach. And I'm going to jump uh, jump in the book. And I really – here's where I want to go. I want to go to Chapter 18. And when I say Chapter 18, you're I, – I was blown away when I read this. Uh, when you says it changed your life. Leadership is a learned behavior. Yeah. Now, yeah man yeah if, if you don't mind if as as you as you navigate it you know you're, you're not at carolina you're at darden business school you you're, you're in you're in these leadership classes when when you read that and you found that and it said it changed your life what did what did what was the 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 moment when you said you that learning is a life is it's a lifelong journey
2: yeah well um you know, I get fired. I mean, I, I'm the national coach of the year in 2001 at North Carolina, and then I get forced to resign in 2003, and people are publicly questioning my leadership ability. Yes, sir. You know, I've always been considered a leader as a, a you know, in grammar school and high school and, and North Carolina. And, uh, and all of a sudden, they're telling, you know, they're saying you're not a good leader. And uh, you're like, well, you know, and, and – Most people believe you're a born leader, either a leader or you're not. And so I'm, I'm, I'm beaten up, man. My confidence is shaking. Um, I'm doubting myself, questioning myself. Could I, you know, am I, am I a good leader or not? I mean, obviously I'm not because I just got fired and people are telling me I'm not a good leader. And you just thought that you were either born a leader or you weren't. And, um, so I'm taking a class at Wharton, and Fran Johnson is a lady. Is a lady, 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 talking about emotional intelligence. We're studying out of the book *Primal Leadership: The Art of Emotional Intelligence*, and then in there it says leadership is a learned behavior. When I saw that in black and white, it was the most exciting thing I ever read because it gave me hope that I could too be a good leader. That I can learn from my mistakes and get better. And and so, that set me on the path of being a lifelong learner and becoming passionate about leadership. And that's what led me to what I do now as an executive coach with Vistage, is that I I want to help people become better leaders because it's the most important topic that's not formally taught. Wow! But yet, because everything rises and falls on the leadership of any group, you know, your teachers in class, your principals, your, your high school coach, the leader on your, your grammar school team, you know, your parents, the pastor, the, the the people in your neighborhood, you know, it all comes down to their leadership and the better leader they are, the better experience everyone else will have. And so it's a learn. You can learn to be a good leader, but you can't just, take a class like I took classes at the Darden school in Wharton I got certificates didn't mean I was a good leader wow yes sir it's a practice it's like golf like it's a skill leadership is a skill and you have to continually practice it and I sound like Allen Iverson right we're talking about practice (laughs) (laughs) I, I use this analogy say you're playing football yes sir and you get to the red zone and you think you're ready to score right Yes sir. You think you got to figure it out. Like I got this leadership that figured out. Well, you get in the red zone and somebody pushes a button and extends the field another 100 yards. Wow. You're you're not ever crossing the goal line of leadership. You you're just hoping to get close to the goal line. But that goal line's going to move. Why? Because people change. Technology changes. The world changes. Situations change. Situations arise that you can't even fathom could happen. You try to practice for them, prepare for them, but all of a sudden, you get called out in the staff meeting. You, somebody challenges you in a conference room. Somebody, all of a sudden, you're dealing with with, with Gen Zs. You're dealing with millennials. You know? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's the it's, it's exciting thing about it because you have to be a lifelong learner. As a leader, because you got to learn about these new generations. Yes. Sir. How do I connect with them? How do I communicate with
0: them? Wow. That coach, uh, Coach Q, he's dropping dimes, brother. Uh, yes, what, he is. What, 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 without,
2: no without a doubt. No, no looks, and I'm, I'm hitting you on the money. <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Co- coach Q, I'll kick it back to you, sir.
1: Yes, sir. Coach D, how has basketball made your life different? And what advice would you give to younger coaches that are up and coming in the game today? Well, I tell you what, I was talking to somebody today
2: that the military is the best leadership training background in the world. The second best is probably team sports because you learn. How to set goals. You learn how to work together. You learn how to push each other. You learn how to deal with failure, and that might be the most important lesson you learn in sports. How to deal with failure, because guess what? Life is going to throw you some curveballs, yes, and you're not going to hit them all out of the park. And you know, like like that quote, you know, the the the, the John you know the, the uh, bible verse you know god doesn't promise you a smooth path he's going to promise you some hardship that's so right. on on him and not your own understanding right and so it's coming so how do you deal with it well you 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 know i mean that tests your faith it tests your relationships and and um, that's what the book rebounds all about um, i think that that uh, with, with young people that want to coach, it's harder now to coach than ever before. Um, but I would I would really find a mentor that you can learn from and realize you don't know everything. You That's may right. be smart, but if you think you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. <laughs> wow. Cool.
0: Wow. So, folks, we have on Coach Matt D., and again, the author of Rebound From Pain to Passion. You can purchase this book at www.rebound-book.com. And we'll be back after this show.
2: I wrote Rebound because it's been burning inside me for 17 years. It needed to come out. Going through that experience at North Carolina was very difficult for a lot of reasons. Like, you know, you don't, you know, somebody's, Challenging you, you got to go after him. Otherwise, you're going to be considered a punk in the playground, right? Right. And yeah. that reputation. So you got to react quickly, swiftly, aggressively. But when you feel like you've been wronged, you know, and you, you look at, you, you know, Jesus. He's he's on the cross, right. and he's his God, his Father, to forgive those men who crucified them because they do not know what they're doing. Yes, sir. I'm saying, whoa, like, if Jesus could forgive those men, I could forgive people that I feel slighted me. And I may, they may not have. They may have. You know, I feel like they may have. So I should be able to forgive them. Because otherwise, you know, someone says like drinking poison, hoping the other person dies, wow. you know? And so you're just, you know, you bitter. People don't like around being around bitter people. So, you know, how do you get peace? Well, you forget. But, but also as hard as that was to forgive myself, guys, was hard because you know, you want to be perfectionist. You want to, you want to, you know, you want to make every foul shot. You never want to turn the ball over. And and to think that, hey, i got to forgive myself. Because that, that negative talk, that negative self-talk drives you into a dark space. So by saying, man, I should have known this. I should have known that. I should have done that better. I should have done this. Like, then you say, well, who the heck do you think you are? You know, the only person that was perfect, they hung on the cross. You know, so you think you have that big of an ego that you can't make mistakes? You're human. Yes, sir. And I think coming to that realization and forgiving myself gave me a great deal of peace as well.
0: Wow. Coach, Quinn.
1: Yes, sir. sir. Coach D, this is a two-part question. Do you feel like you were ever given a fair opportunity to succeed as the head coach at North Carolina? And do you think coach Smith really understood and wanted you to bring your whole coaching staff to UNC? Yeah. um, No, I mean, I don't think it was treated fairly. I mean,
2: I, I, I came out and said, you know, that I should bring my own staff. And I said that to the AD, but I probably should have said it to coach Smith, but you know, I'm assuming they communicated and, you know, Coach Smith hired Bill Guthridge. Bill Guthridge didn't play at North Carolina, you know? And and so, um, you know, Roy Williams brought his staff. They didn't play at North Carolina. Um, it all comes down to support. So I think that... Um, I don't think I was treated fairly, internally. Um, and that Coach Smith, at the end of the day, wanted to run the program through me. Yes, sir. Uh, but... He told me it was my program to run, and you know that's all I need. I need to hear three things: Can I bring my staff with me? Because I was taught loyalty at North Carolina, and I wasn't going to leave my guys out in the cold. Two: Is it my program to 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 run? Um, you know, and and so I, I was. He told me, he says your program, you run it how you see fit. So now. <laughs> it's like a player sometimes you're recruited right yes sir yes sir and you're told one thing when you're recruited the there's thing when you show up wow you know and so i think coach smith you know was telling me some things that i wanted you know needed to hear and that once i got there you know maybe it was going to be different and and i was naive i was naive to think that you know, he'd let me run the program the way I saw fit, and that my, my bringing my staff with me would be okay. But it just happened so fast. You know, this was in July now. It was July 11th that I got the job. Wow. Yes, sir. Wow. You know, just think about that. You know, Hubert got the job in April. Exactly. And he had been, you know, as an assistant for nine years. So I got the job in July. That's in the middle of the recruiting period. Yes. I'd already been out on the road recruiting for Notre Dame. So then you say, well, why did Bill Guthridge wait so long to retire? Why? Why, did, why, didn't, he, why didn't he retire in, in March? You know, and that would have made things a lot easier. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, but it's you know, human beings get in the way and screwed up, and and so, you know, I think that uh, you know, Coach Smith kept an office there and stayed very involved, and he had the right to do that. But, you know, I, I, I would like to think, you know, that when you study leadership, and that's what blew me away when I studied leadership and I studied transition in the Presbyterian church, for example, you know, that when a pastor resigned or retired, he could have no official duty in that church for a year. And they brought in an interim to make all the necessary changes for the new pastor. And as they were explaining that in this church in Mooresville, I was like, oh, my God, you know, Coach Smith was still very involved, you know, and, 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 you know, involved in the day to day operation of the program. And then, you know, I came in and I was the interim. No, that's okay to fail. I have a quote in there from Nelson Mandela, he says, I never fail, I either win or I learn. And I think that that is what we need to to try to embrace, is the opportunity to learn and grow. The only thing that is not as okay is if you don't learn from it and grow from it. I just didn't realize I was the interim because so I made the changes that coach Williams didn't undo any of the changes I made. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. You know, he, 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 he didn't undo any of the changes that I made. Wow. So, yeah. So it's just a real fascinating case study in leadership.
0: It really, it really <laughs> is. Yeah. And, and, and you do a great job, coach D in framing it out in the book. And, and folks, again, I challenge you uh, to please go out, get this book and, off Coach Doherty's website, www.rebound-book.com. Coach, I've got one, um, and we'll start wrapping up. And I call this one the brake lights. So you're standing there, and you see the the white BMW 750 IL turn, oh, yeah. right, turn right. Sweet right, by the way. <laughs> I, can, I can only imagine. You're standing there, and you, you got the box uh, of stuff where you just cleaned out your car. And in that moment, where, where did you turn? Where where did you, I mean, in your mind, when, when that, when your former vehicle took that right and you were standing there, what, what went through your mind?
2: I I don't recall exactly, but I think the general feeling was this is over and what's next, you know, it, it is really over. And, and, and where do I go from here? where do i turn what do i do um how do i pivot um yeah it's kind of a num numbing feeling
0: i can only imagine so again just certainly appreciate your transparency coach quick i'll kick it i'll kick it to you
1: yes sir one one last question for me coach d and you 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 talked about what was next and where do you go from here So my question to you, given what happened at North Carolina, did it affect your other head coaching opportunities and will you ever coach again?
2: Well, it definitely affected my other opportunities because I was, uh, you know, some people said I should have sued the University of North Carolina because things that were said in the press conference were very damaging to me to try to get another job. I mean, you know, people, ADs didn't want to touch me. I went from National Coach of the Year to well, he's, he's he's too hard on his players. You know, he's not a good leader. So I I couldn't get interviews. You know, Bill Self leaves Illinois to get the Kansas job. Illinois didn't want to talk to me. You know, wow. well, yeah, high-level jobs didn't want to talk to me. St. John's, a couple of years later, I was offered the St. John's job, and then something happened at the last minute. So, you know, I took a real hit professionally that I had to kind of regroup at a low division one program. And that's, you know, FAU, they were willing to take a chance. And so they they gave me the opportunity, I had success, and then parlayed that into SMU. So, yeah, it it was always something that I had to answer in any interview. What happened to North Carolina? And um, so, yes, that was very, very difficult to over overcome. Yes, sir. But I, Robert Roberts has a great quote. Make your mess your message. Wow. That's exactly Wow. This is my mess. The leadership, my, you know, the departure the, the, the from North Carolina, that's my mess. And I own it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the most responsible person in that party. Okay? And that's my mess. And I spun out and said, okay, I'm going to turn a negative into a positive. I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow from it and make that mess. My message now to business owners, CEOs, young coaches. Uh, when I, I work for Vistage, which is a leadership, um, group, I'm a, I'm an executive coach. I do corporate talks. Um, and so I make my mess, my message. And I think
1: it resonates with
2: people. And, yes,
0: sir. And that is so true. And again, ladies and gentlemen, we have on none other than Coach Matt Doherty, author of "Rebound from Passion," excuse me, from Pain to Passion. And once you get this book in your hand, it, it, I want I'm challenge everybody to turn to page 128 when you get the book. It is a photograph of Coach Doherty standing in the middle uh, when they're at the Final Four 2017, um, and in that. Um, it's a great picture. He's standing next to Al Wood and all of the other, you know, some of the former Carolina greats are surrounded by him. He will ever be a Tar Heel. The book coach that the, the cover of the book is outstanding. I just love that blue background. I I, I see it. I see the Carolina kind of um, coming out in that book. You and your story is you know, just what an awesome, awesome read. And again, we continue to challenge everybody that loves the game of basketball. If you do not have this book, on your shelf, after you read it, maybe on your shelf. But if you do not have this book, you will—you are not doing a service to yourself, your team, and you as an individual as you step outside of the lines. But Coach Doherty, just on behalf of myself, uh, I definitely want to thank you for your continued passion, what you do for the game uh, on and off the court, your leadership, your roles now, and most importantly, the transparency of how you put pen to paper Uh, as you navigated these waters. Coach Quick, I'll kick it over to you for closing comments and and go ahead and close us out.
1: All right. Yes, Coach D, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. It was a pleasure to have you on. I consider you not just a a friend on Twitter. I consider you a personal friend. Um, Yes, sir. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on our show Lay these dimes down the way that you have, throwing lobs to us, and we're just knocking them down. (laughs) Reading reading your book, Rebound, From Pain to Passion, will allow me to be a better leader, a better husband, a better son, better brother. I just appreciate you for all that you've done, and you you will forever be a Tar Heel in my eyes. I hope that one day I will get to see you dawning the sidelines again, as a head basketball coach for some major university, because number one, you don't get, you you don't get to be the head coach at North Carolina and not be a leader. You don't bring in kids like Sean May, Raymond Felton, Rashad McCants, David Noel, Jawad Williams, Melvin Scott, and not be a leader. So thank you for your time, this opportunity. Thank you for your passion. I bid you Godspeed. God bless you and your family, and thank you for coming on basketball more than a game. Amen. Thank you, guys.
0: Yes, sir. Coach Dota, we'll uh, we'll toss it back to you for your closing comments.
2: Well, I just appreciate, you know, to me, uh, the book Rebound from Pain to Passion is more about more than basketball. It is about, as as Coach uh, Quick was talking about, you know, life. And, you know, it's a neat thing about sports, especially basketball, so many life lessons in it. And um, like I said, the biggest thing is to deal with failure. You know, when I lost my job at North Carolina, it's like, okay, what are we wired to do? Well, you watch the film and you get better. And so that's what I try to do is I watch my film of my three years at North Carolina, try to learn from it and get better. And uh, I feel like I did that and hopefully I continue to do that
0: amen so again bless uh continued blessings unto you uh coach matt d so listen on behalf of coach quick this is coach goins and coach matt doherty author of rebound from pain to passion and like we always say we'll see you in the gym you've been listening to basketball more than a game with coach goins and coach quick our podcast is available on podbean.com